It's here in the city. It's here in the city. This is here in the city. This is here in the city. I'm Sarah Harris. I'm Sarah Harris. New message. Truth should be truth. But then it depends on, in the telling, whose truth is it. We're here most Tuesdays, bringing you radio realities from the urban landscape and mapping the city with voices of creative social change in and around Los Angeles. On Pacifica Radio, powered by the people, thanks to the generous support of you, our listeners, the capable crew at KPFK, the innovators of web-based radio at SoundCloud, news you might have missed at newsdesk.org, and the community-funded reporting project, Spot Us. You can find us on the web at here in the city. That's H-E-A-R in the city.org. This is Here in the City. I'm Sarah Harris. You are about to be treated to a sonic journey into translations between languages, media, and landscapes as we map an eclectic sampling of Mexican artists whose work is currently featured around Los Angeles. We'll hear from a conjurer of 19th century images and we'll enter into a space of living poetic interpretations of painting, photo, and sculpture by surrealist women artists that are from or have come through Mexico. I don't have any reason to talk with you in the end. Son traducciones y pienso en chino. They are translation and I think in Chinese. And we'll wrap up the program with a trip to Oaxaca through video and narco corridos with an artist who challenges prevailing depictions of Mexican landscapes by infusing them with local mythologies and new histories. This is here in the city and we are at the, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name of it. It's called the Veleslavese Panorama. Um, it's kind of a cobbled together word made from the names of the director, and she's also the artist, Sarah Veles, um, name, family names of hers, and kind of just a made up word with some with elements of her family names. So, you know, people think, what is that? I don't, you know, I don't, I need to know what that is. Kind of make um, people curious about the place and kind of evoke a 19th century style um, intrigue to, which is kind of what the idea behind the, um, the panorama and also just dedication to um, 19th century idea of showmanship and spectacle that um, doesn't really, I don't know, it's interpreted different ways um, with nowadays with new technology and um, so it's just kind of a different way to experience um, art and spectacle. My name is Jade Finlinson and I'm a volunteer here.
And now we're standing here with um, an invited guest who's going to be showing something really special here is Dr. Goyo. And I'm going to ask you, what is it that you're going to be presenting here at the theater? It is actually a, a magic lantern show. Um, what makes it special, I think, is that um, we are not using any electricity. The projection is by means of fuel, actually. It, it works actually as an old oil lamp, actually. So like a, a lantern, a, a kerosene lantern that you would carry into your house and use to yeah, light a it's room like when that, the sun goes down. Except that it has four burners and it has a, a parabolic mirror in the back which uh, concentrates the light towards uh, a lens. The idea is to recreate as, as much as possible how these mag magic lanterns, ma magic lantern shows were presented in Mexico in the end of the 19th century. So you're here in Los Angeles from Mexico City and you've brought with you an actual magic lantern apparatus. The, the lantern is actually uh, from France. Uh, in the, the brand is Molteni. What would be perhaps the most interesting part of the show would be when we see the, the Mexican glass slides, these slides that were made in Mexico also in, in that time. I'm talking about more or less about 1870. 1870. And in the text that accompanies your show, you cite Sor Juana Inés de la Cruz, who writes about the magic lantern, but she lived during the 17th century, so way before 1870. Can you explain how that yeah. is? Yeah, when, when uh, Sor Juana uh, lived, the magic lantern was already uh, a, pop a popular show. We are talking about the second half of the 17th century. So when Sor Juana Inés de la Cruz, who is also a polymath or was, uh, she was also in very inter interested in knowledge. For those who may not know, she was a, uh, a nun during the 17th century, but also a poet and a critic of, of art and of literature and of the conditions of life in Mexico at the time. Yeah, I think she was first a poet and then a nun because she joined the church in order to, to, get, to have access to, to knowledge, to books and to write. And uh, at the time when she lived, it was very difficult that a, that a woman could do it. So the only way, perhaps, or what she thought best, was to join uh, a convent. Uh, and, and in that way, having a, a access to, to books and, and having the chance to, to write also. So there is this beautiful poem that she wrote that is called Primero Sueño, or in English could be First I Dream. She claimed that this poem is the only one that she wrote for her own will. And so Primero Sueño is pretty much of a 
philosophic poem where which deals with the search of knowledge her soul departs her body and goes into this journey through knowledge mostly through um, astronomy trying to understand the universe uh, during this journey she mentions the magic lantern Así Linterna Mágica, so the Magic Lantern casts simulations on white wall of varied figures painted. Pintadas representa fingidas en la blanca pared varias figuras de la sombra no menos ayudadas que de la luz, que en trémulos reflejos, los competentes lejos guardando la docta perspectiva, by shadow aided no less than by light which in shimmering reflections, the thinkers maintaining their studied perspective, en sus ciertas mensuras de varias experiencias aprobadas, in certain measure proven by experiments numerous, the fleeting shadow that fades in the very brilliance, la sombra fugitiva, que en el mismo esplendor se desvanece, cuerpo finge formado, de todas las dimensiones adornado, cuando aún ser superficie no merece. Copies a body's form, adorned with the correct dimensions, though in being a surface it deserves no merit. Speaking to you as a, a historian of, of the image and photography and cinema, I'm wondering if as a performer and a magician with the lantern, you can explain to me what the enchantment is of this apparatus that people will be able to experience when you're here in the panorama with it. I think this magic, we can call it like that, is difficult to, to say in words. It is something that you have to experience because when you don't have any electricity, any electric lamps around you, and when the lantern starts working, it really sends you back um, a couple of centuries back. I mean, it really, um, that's when, when, the, when you feel the magic of it. Uh, because it's not the same kind of image that we usually see. It's I, as fundamental as fire in some senses, mm -hmm. because it uses fire. It uses fire, and the name of the show is the uh, Fire Asholot, or La Jolote de Fuego, because uh, in the second part of the show I'm going to attempt something a little more special and perhaps more magical which is uh, a reenactment or I'm going to uh, attempt to do a, a phantasmagoria show uh, so this is related to phantom to phantasmagoria meaning calling up the spirits of those who are gone uh, kind of phantasmagoria actually tries to add movement and volume to the image. You s in the Phantasmagoria you get to see that this stillness goes away and uh, so the image kind of uh, floats. It resembles a little bit that of a hologram. Um, yeah, it's amazing. You will be able to experience that magic lantern on April 27th 
here at the Veleslavasai Panorama on 24th Street and Hoover near USC at the Panorama Theater. And Dr. Goyo will be lighting up the magic lantern for people. So we'll have more information on our website, hereinthecity.org. That's H-E-A-R in the city.org. Thank you very much. Thank you, and you'll be welcome and amused if you come. I hope so. Mama, oh, here's a bunny. Um, can I go to the Arctic? Oh, that's my daughter, who is a fan of the Veleslavasai Panorama Theater's 360-degree mural of the Arctic with sound and light, which they have on the second floor. And we will have photos and links at Here in the City, that's H-E-A-R in the city dot org. We'll be right back with a visit to a recent poetry-led tour of the surrealist adventures of women artists in Mexico and the U.S. And the music that you're listening to is Martin Subotnik's Symphony for the Ajolote. This is what it is. This is what it's going to be. You are listening to Here in the City on KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles. 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara. An archive and a podcast of our shows is at hereinthecity.org. And follow us on Twitter. This is Here in the City, I'm Sarah Harris, and we are here at the entrance to the Surrealist Adventures of Women Artists in Mexico and the United States. And I'm here at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art with... Jen Hoffer. And with... Dolores Dorantes. And what are we doing here tonight? We are here to experience some visual and poetic artworks in conversation with one another, bilingually, in Spanish and English. Yo leo la parte que me toca en español representando a las seis poetas, son seis, ¿verdad? Mexicanas que participan en esta especie de curaduría dentro de la curaduría, que está muy padre. Una pregunta sería para las dos, what is the relationship between the literature and poetry that you feel to the visual work that we're about to experience in this space? Well, Dolores just referred to um, our small curatorial project within this already curated show. And so what we did, um, I mean, the show already contains a lot of references to poetry anyway, because um, the Surrealist Movement was very much inspired both in poetry and in visual work. So as you walk through the show, you'll see visual works by artists who are also poets, like Mina Loy, Alice Rahon, Leonora Carrington, um, Dorothea Tanning, and K-Sage, a number of others. And you, you actually see work in manuscript in the show. Nope. When we chose the, the work that we were going to read tonight, we walked through the show together and thought of poets we know, contemporary poets, who we thought would respond um, with a lot of enthusiasm to specific works from the show. So some of the pieces you'll be reading tonight are actually by 
the artists who are in the show whose work we'll be seeing on the walls. Three of the pieces are by artists in the show. Um, two of them were written, one was written in the early 20s by Mina Loy, one was written in the early 40s by Alice Rahon, and one was written actually late in life. Dorothea Tanning became a poet and published her first book at the age of 94. Um, we should all hope for such inspiration. <laughs> so one is actually a very recent work. And then we commissioned six new pieces um, by contemporary poets, um, ekphrastic work that is responding directly to pieces, visual pieces in the show. Oh, so juntas este, pidieron que poetas hicieron este trabajo para este momento hoy. Sí, entre las dos decidimos invitar a un grupo de poetas que consideramos contemporáneas y uh, poco tradicionales, digamos, eh, y que iban que se iban a entusiasmar con el, ya lo dijo Jen, con el trabajo de las mujeres surrealistas, ¿no? I say all the time when I teach translation that all art making is a process of translation, that we translate the sensory information and thoughts and ideas and experiences, documentary materials that we receive from the world and we put them on the page or we put them into film or we put them on the canvas or whatever art we're making, we put them on the radio. Um, and so in a sense, this show, if we could say the women represented in the show, the surrealist women, were translating, quote-unquote, their experience onto sculpture and canvas. We then asked poets to translate their experience of looking at some of that work into text, and then Dolores is talking about the translation process from one language to another. So Dolores and Jen, um, could each one of you just tell us what is the work that you do and what drives you to do it? Wow. Um, you go first. ¿Qué trabajo hacemos cada una de nosotros que nos apasione, que nos realmente conduzca la vida? Bueno, a mí me apasiona dar talleres de escritura autobiográfica a comunidades marginadas y vulnerables, promover la escritura como un derecho. Es mi pasión número uno. Writing is a right. I like that. And Jen? I would say that um, making the space for conversations that would not have been able to occur otherwise is my primary passion. So I do that as a social justice interpreter. I do that as a literary translator. I do that as a teacher. I do that as a bicyclist, riding my bike in places that you're not supposed to be able to ride, like Los Angeles. Um, and I try to do that in my writing as well. Um, so we'll start here, and you can just follow us, and when we stop, you can stop or go on, as you wish. But we'll read every time we stop. So, so this piece is by Kay Sage. Um, it's called Pour Eve, for Eve. Um, and the poem is by Monica Nepote. Puka. El mundo es una bolsa de fórmulas. Algunas básicas preguntas como el día en que nacimos y su contienda astrológica. Otras como edad y raza, gustos propios y ajenos. Una descripción ontológica. El mundo bajo los párpados o una figura escala en la palma. La visión singular del amor. Dos o tres lenguas de cómodo uso. Y pensar en el chino como la puerta de un falso muro. ¿Puede salvarnos la vida al menos durante un rato? Sí. Todo sí. Es una cuestión de punto de vista, las cosas como láminas sucesivas, las lágrimas del paisaje o los huesos rotos pegados de nuevo, 
con el cuidado suficiente para no mencionar la palabra quiebre. Las parejas de baile se alinean, intercambian, repiten de punto de vista. Bifurcación. Los ojos, dos las miradas, múltiple el paisaje interior, ciego el afuera. No tengo por qué hablar con usted a fin de cuentas. They, they are translation and I think in Chinese. Nada que diga no dicho, nada que diga revolver, nada que diga ausencia. Desde lo bajo, desde la cabeza, no escuchamos. Será un asalto sorpresivo. Pour qué? The world is a sack of formulas, some basic questions, like the day we were born and its astrological content, others, like age and race, our own tastes and those foreign to us, an ontological description, the world beneath eyelids, or a figure to scale in the palm, the singular vision of love, two or three tongues spoken with ease. And to think of Chinese as the door of a false wall might save our lives, at least for a while. Yes, every yes, is an issue of perspective, things as successive printing plates, the landscape's tears or broken bones glued together again, with sufficient care so as not to mention the word break. The dancing couples line up, interchange, repeat the same perspective. Bifurcation. The eyes, too. The gazes, too. The interior landscape, multiple. The outside, blind. I don't have any reason to talk with you in the end. Son traducciones y pienso en chino. Nothing that might be said, not said. Nothing that might be said, revolver. Nothing that might be said, absence, from down below. From the head, we don't hear. It will be an unexpected attack. For Here in the City, this is Jesse Lerner. Estamos aquí en Cal State Los Angeles, Cal State LA, en la Galería Luckman. I met Edgardo Aragón at the opening of his show at the Luckman Gallery Con at Cal State Los Angeles. Mucho gusto. Hola, mucho gusto. Entonces, aquí usted tiene tres video instalaciones. Edgardo has three video installations in the galleries on multiple screens. Que comprenden una trilogía que el gran tema de fondo y es eh, de algún modo el narcotráfico, pero no tratado desde el punto de vista violento ni de la visión actual eh, sobre México, sino más bien sobre ese México de los años 70s y los años 80s. Yes, there are three of them that make up a trilogy about the narcotrafficking and the drug trade, but not from the perspective of violence nor that of Mexico in the current moment, but rather of Mexico in the 70s and 80s. Let's start with the first piece, Efectos de Familia, or Family Effects. Todos son familiares míos, y el proyecto fue una cosa que yo hice durante dos años, y que básicamente comprende tratar como de insertar en estos niños de mi familia toda la historia familiar y su circunstancia actual de México y de su propia familia que ellos no alcanzaron a vivir. Entonces, de alguna manera son 
juegos, ritos, castigos en los cuales ellos de alguna manera están aprendiendo parte de la historia para repetirla o no repetirla o para entender el contexto en el que viven. All the actors are my relatives and the project is something I realized over the course of two years. It's made up of moments where I place the children from my family into the past circumstances of their own family to create a larger history of Mexico by performing actions that the children never actually experienced. The children act out games, rituals, punishments, and by acting these out, they learn and have the opportunity to repeat or not repeat the past, so that they understand the context in which they now live. The second video by Aragón was recently exhibited at the San Francisco Art Institute. Es un video que se presentó en San Francisco y que también forma parte de esa exposición y es la segunda pieza de la trilogía en la que es un viaje que yo recreé, que hacía Pedro Vázquez Reyes en los años 80 del sur de México hacia la frontera norte de los, del país, cerca de los Estados Unidos, para comerciar con drogas. Entonces, eh, de fondo, el, el, el gran tema, digamos, de la instalación es una reflexión del paisaje mexicano y de toda esta composición que yo fui encontrando actualmente y es la de un país que está en ruinas prácticamente. Yes, it's a video that I exhibited in San Francisco and it's part of this show. It's the second piece in the video trilogy. It's about a journey that was made from southern Mexico to the northern border with the U.S by a man named Pedro Vascreyes, a drug trafficker in the 1980s. I followed his footsteps on the journey in video format, and a large part of what you see in this installation is my contemporary documentation of the landscape, which shows a country in ruins. Y luego en la segunda galería aquí en Lockman, hay una pieza con tres pantallas que se trata del narco corrido, ¿no? Sí. Next, in the second gallery here at the Luckman, there's a video triptych that deals with a narco corrido or a ballad about narco trafficking. Es, eh, el, el, el proyecto de la trampa es, eh, tres, son tres partes, cosa como de tres partes. La primera es la, el rescate, digamos, de una historia que se está perdiendo y, y que data de los años 70 en la que un pueblo cerca de las montañas en Oaxaca se fungía como autopista, como pista de aterrizaje para, para avionetas que venían procedentes de distintas partes del mundo y que eran como parte de una ruta de tránsito en la que iban, eh, estacionaban y se iban a otro estado así hasta llegar a los Estados Unidos. Yes, the project is called The Trap and it's done in three parts. The first is the rescue of a story from the 1970s about a small town in the foothills of Oaxaca that was used as a landing strip for small airplanes that had come from all over the world and connected here to make several stops in Mexican states on the way to the border with the U.S. Entonces la idea del proyecto es recrear esos aterrizajes y hacer como una especie de aparición de un fantasma para que por medio de la tradición oral que es muy común en la población logre reinsertarse la historia y el mito nuevamente de toda esta épica que sucedió en los años 70. The idea of this project is to recreate these landings and invoke an apparition or a ghost that falls into the Oaxacan oral history tradition of reinserting ghosts of today into the histories and myths of the past to connect two time periods, in this case the 1970s. La otra parte del proyecto es la recuperación de un corrido de uno de los eh, sobrevivientes del último ataque 
que tuvieron el ejército y los narcotraficantes en el lugar y grabó un corrido que él compuso sobre lo que vivió y estaba perdido. The other part of this project is the recovery of a corrido about one of the last survivors of battle between the Mexican army and drug traffickers that happened uh, a long time ago. He was a musician and he recorded a ballad about what he experienced, but that recording has since been lost. Parte de mi labor fue recuperarlo, tratar como de volver a ponerlo en circulación a través de las fiestas, a través de los cantos. Part of my process for this piece was to find that composition and to put it in the hands of musicians who knew the piece. They began to play the piece at parties and put it back into contemporary circulation. And that's it for here in the city today. Say yapping on. When you go in and out, may you have peace and level and safe. Yes. Be safe. Peace.